Good morning. Hola, buenos dias. <laughs> I know Steve likes my Spanish. So. <laughs> it's good to be with you all today. Uh, I'm humbled and thankful for the opportunity to bring the Word of God uh, and to share the Word of God with you. Uh, we're going to be looking at the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 4. You can open your Bibles on Ephesians, chapter 4. Uh, we are going to be looking at different verses in the Bible, but um, just keep your finger on Ephesians 4 because we're always going to go back to this chapter. Ephesians 4, verse 1 says, I therefore, the, pris the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, we are so thankful, Lord, that we can... Uh, have this opportunity to open up to your word, Lord, knowing that we can do so freely, uh, that you have given us your word, Lord, so we can uh, get to know you better, Lord God, so we can live a godly life, a life that you have intended for us. And Lord Jesus, we're thankful that because of the fact that you came down from glory, that you became a servant, uh, because you died at the cross, now we can uh, have this new covenant, Lord, the New Testament that we can uh, rejoice in your promises, knowing that we have one hope, one faith, one God and Father, who is above all and who is in, us, in all us. And we're thankful, Lord, that we can pray those things today, knowing that we have been redeemed by the precious blood of your beloved Son. Uh, we're thankful, and we give you all the praise and the honor this morning to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, so four things that I would like you to take out of this chapter, uh, four points. So the first point is mutual loving ministry. Uh, the second point that I would like to make is uh, this goes to the fact that we have spiritual gifts when we have accepted the Lord, right? So uh, the second point is the source of this gift. What is the source of the gift? The third point is uh, what is the cost of this gift? And the final point that I would like to make probably at the second service uh, will be the impact of the gift. So the first point, mutual loving ministry. Uh, and this will be probably something basic for most of us. Uh, you may call it Ecclesiology 101, right? Something very basic to the church, very basic to the life of the believer. And um, we see that this portion of Ephesians does a great job at describing those basics that we have to have in mind because we forget very easily, right? Uh, Mike Griffins wrote a, wrote a book called God's Forgetful Pickerings. And it's, he said that Christians collectively seem to be suffering from a strange amnesia. They go to church, but they've forgotten what it's all about. And sometimes that happens, right? I've, I've, there's been days that I come to church, and then I leave church feeling the same way. And I don't think God intended that to happen, right? I think he... He intended for all the time when we're gathered together in his name, 
to find a blessing, to see that he's blessing us in some way. Right? It could be when we are gathered during the breaking of bread, when we are gathered in the Bible um, hour, or even during the Sunday school, something. But uh, we always try to, we have to find the blessing that God has for us through the sermon, through the speaker, um, anytime that we're gathered together with other fellow believers. So I will encourage you this morning that you can try to find something out of this, out of this message. Um, so, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm afraid also that the contemporary church, now I'm not talking about the Brother Assemblies, I think uh, the Brother Assemblies do a pretty good job at, ba- at teaching these basics uh, of the church, but like we see other churches sometimes I see on TV, like mega churches or, or even uh, different types of churches, and they, it seems like they have gone away from the doctrine, from the sound doctrine of the church, and they're more focused on meeting the needs of the, of the members of that church, uh, focusing about the feelings and the music, nothing wrong with those things. But when those things go f- come first, then worshiping God and, and just obeying God and, and taking the word uh, and not uh, adjusting the word to make it fit to the common culture, right, that's an issue. So we know that the word of God stands forever, and what was written 2,000 years ago is still, is still true today. And regardless of the culture, that is you know, that is what we're called to do. And, and also, we've, we are in a society that is very self-centered. Uh, you know, it's all about me. It's all about, uh, you know, my things, my Facebook, my social media, whatever it is. Right? We're very self-centered. And when we find that there is nothing that can add value to, to my benefit or to my life, we, we probably don't like uh, to get involved in those type of things. And that is very devastating for relationships, right? When you have a relationship with someone, you need to invest in that relationship. You need to spend time with that person. You need to care for that person. You need to love that person. Uh, but when we are in that, when, if we are in a culture of, of, of selfishness, then, um, or in a culture of selfish, then uh, we, we, we're, we're going to struggle with that because uh, we're not going to be able to build relationships. And... So what this chapter is, is referring, right, if we go back to, uh, to the, uh, verses 3 and 4, uh, or starting in verse 2, Paul is telling the Ephesians that we are to care for one another, right, with lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That is very key for the, ch- for the church, right? We have to show that one another love, that will bring the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So church is a fellowship uh, of people who are giving their lives away, right? We think that um, when we come to church or when we have accepted the Lord, we give our lives away. We uh, give our lives to Christ. We give our lives to each other, to the lost, as we were uh, reviewing this morning. We, uh, um, you know, we're try- we care for people. And, and sometimes that's a, a, a weird idea, I guess, for people outside of Christ, right? They, they look at us, and, and they, they don't understand that. But that's actually a good thing, because that's a testimony for all of us, right? Our lives should be a testimony that we can display God through our lives. And if people question those things, right, if they question our love, our caring for, for others, that should be a good thing, because like that would be a testimony for us even to try to introduce Christ to, to someone who doesn't believe, um, 
And it also, it's also that, um, that it, was, it was told by God, right, uh, by the Lord Jesus in John 13, 35. Uh, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also are to love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved for one another. Right? So the Lord is saying, by your love, others will know that you are my disciples. Uh, and that is key. That is key for us to, to, to display that, because um, that will speak of our lives, that will speak of, speak of our faiths. Uh, also, if we, uh, if we look at, uh, at the fact that we are called to love Christ and to love the church, uh, this is something very basic, right? The, um, the Apostle Paul also wrote to the Thessalonians in chapter 4, and he said that he doesn't even need to uh, write anything about it. He says in chapter 9, he says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so towards all the brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. So the Apostle Paul is telling the Thessalonians that he doesn't even need, you, don't, you don't need more information about loving one another, about loving the brethren, because you're taught by God directly. And that is powerful. Just think about that. Like we, and we see also in, in, in Acts 2, uh, the, uh, on the day of Pentecost, how the Holy Spirit came upon the, 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 the apostles and, and also other believers, and, uh, and they, they all started uh, sharing one common faith. They, they started praying together, breaking bread together, uh, to the point that they started selling even all their things for the benefit of the church. Uh, and no one taught them that, right? That came directly from the Holy Spirit. And we see in Romans 5.5, 5, right, uh, Paul also mentions this and says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who, who was given to us. Right? So Paul is being clear that, uh, that the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that was given to us. So again, there is no need for, for us to try to force to love one another. That should come naturally just because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts. Um, and also, as I mentioned, we saw that in, in, in Acts 2. Also, Acts 2 mentions uh, the word communion, right? The word communion means partnership, participation, life together. And, and that's, why, that's how our lives in the church, right? That should be our, our strife uh, in the church. Uh, also, the New Testament has uh, all these one another's. It has 59 one another's that talks about... Um, caring for one another, loving one another. And I've had some copies, but I didn't bring it this, this morning. But, um, but you can also look it up on the internet or your concordance. Uh, there are 59 verses about loving one another. So <clears throat> in Ephesians 4, right, if you can go back to Ephesians 4, we're going to be reading from verses 7 to 16. Ephesians 4, uh, starting in verse 7, says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, 
that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, or pastors slash teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children toes and tossed to and from and carry about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the, and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, by speak, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from who the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, every, according to effective working by which every part does his share, causes growth of the body, by the edifying of himself in love. This is a tremendous portion of scripture, right? It talks about the, the fact that we are many members, one body. Uh, it goes back to verse 4, right? We all have this commonality. If we say we have one spirit, one Lord, one baptism, one God and Father, right? But we have different gifts. We have, there are different members in that body. And then we see also the transition in verse 7, right, the, the word but. So that's what Paul is telling the Ephesians. He's like, you have all this one commonality, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of, 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 of Christ's gift, right? So uh, we can think of having diversity in the body of Christ. We have one body, but there is diversity in that body. Um, and, and what are the benefits of of having this uh, commonality and also exercising the gifts will be that we see each other's growth in the Lord, we see each other's growth in faith and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that, that's what we have to strive to, right? We, we need to aim to that, uh, to try to see growth in the church. I think uh, one of the sermons during the series that we did about the heart of Paul, uh, I think it was Alan, who mentioned that... Uh, the chapter that he was assigned to did, didn't mention anything about numbers, right? When you're growing a church, you didn't mention anything about numbers. It was all about a spiritual growth, right? Spiritual growth within, within, between the believers. Uh, we, we were, were called to do that, to encourage one another and to care for one another and to uh, try to see that, that growth within our lives. Uh, <clears throat> so if you can also turn with me to... Uh, Romans 3, there is another uh, portion of scripture that talks about the gifts of the Spirit. Romans 3, sorry, excuse me, Romans 12, verse 3. Romans 12 says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly of God, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one as a measure of faith. Right? So we see again the word measure that we saw in Ephesians 4. Um, 
So we say, what is this? So we talk about the first point, right? Our first point was mutual love in ministry, how we are to care for one another, how we are to care for others. Uh, and then the second point is uh, the source of the gift, right? We, we see that we get gifts through uh, Christ himself, through the Holy Spirit. So the source of the gift uh, will be Christ himself, will be God himself, right? Uh, think, think of the gifts as not a... It's not a talent or it's not a, an ability that we have. It's a supernatural uh, ability that has been given to us through the Holy Spirit. And, and the gift, you don't even have to uh, work hard to develop your gift because it's a, it's a gift from God directly, right? It's, it's, it's free. It's, uh, you can earn it. You can pay for it. You can purchase it. Uh, it's a free gift given by the, by the sacrifice that uh, Christ did for us. Also, in the, same, in the same chapter of Romans, um, in verse 4, it says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So again, that, that sense of one body, multiple members. So one body, there is diversity in, uh, in the church. And then in verse 6, says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Um, again, it talks about the different gifts that were given, right, by the Holy Spirit, how we, uh, we're encouraged to use them, right? It says in, uh, in verse 6, at the end of verse 6, though the, the grace that was given to us, let's use them. So all these gifts that Christ has given to us, we have to, we have to use it. Right? They're, they're coming directly from God, and, uh, and it's been uh, given to us for a reason. So we have to make sure that we use them. Uh, if we can turn to 1 Corinthians 12. First Corinthians 12, also in verse 4, talks about the diversity of the gifts. Verse 4 says, There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. Again, uh, diversity in the body, right? One Spirit, but at the same time, one Spirit, one Lord. Verse 6, there are diversities of activities, but it, it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So the, now uh, Paul introduces something new. Like, there is diversity in the body. There is one body, one spirit, and it's profitable for us as, in, as individuals, but it's also profitable to all, right? It's profitable for the common good. So it's profitable for the church in this sense. Um, and, and that's what these gifts do, right? All these gifts focus on individual growth and also on the growth of the collective growth of the church. Verse 8 says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another of working miracles, to another prophecy, to another 
discerning of spirits, to another's different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body be many are one body, so also is Christ. Uh, so Paul goes ahead and he even describes some of the son of the gifts, right? Um, he talks about healing and, and miracles. I, I believe those those gifts were uh, probably temporary gifts that were given to the apostolic era. Um, I haven't heard of anybody doing miracles lately, but uh, I think that was just for the beginning of the church, right, to build up the church. The Holy Spirit gave those temporary gifts to the apostles. But then there are other gifts that are permanent, right? The gifts of uh, uh, teaching, the gifts of um, uh, serving others. Those are permanent gifts that we can still see nowadays. Uh, and look in verse 11, right, what it says. But one, of the, but one of the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So think of your gift as, it is a gift from God, right? It is measured by a proportion of, uh, of faith that is given from God. And it's also the, the gift itself, Right, God measures the gift and give it and gives that to you. So everything is designed, think, and everything is unique. So think of your fingerprints, right? How we all have diff, uh, different fingerprints. So that's the same thing you could say for your gifts. Your gifts are given to you on an individual basis, and and they're specifically for for the for each believer, and um, and it's designed by God, right? The source of the gift is God Himself. Uh, so that, that should also encourage us to, to try to use our gifts for his glory. Um, if we can also turn to 1 Peter, 1 Peter 4. So we've seen all these uh, writings from Paul. Now there's also a writing about this, uh, the gifts from Peter. Uh, starting in verse 8, it says, for above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Uh, I like that word fervent, fervent love. Right? And I looked it up, and uh, it says that fervent love is, uh, refers to the stretching of a muscle to its limits. So, so if you take the context of that word, it means that we are to love to the extreme of our capacity. Right? We are to have fervent love for one another. And then in verse 10, says, As each one of us received a gift, ministered to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministered, let him do, let him do as it is with ability which God, with, which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Uh, every time I read this, it's just, uh, it's very touching, right? Because uh, we see that the source of the gifts is Christ himself. We are given gifts to use them for his glory, right? But then Peter, we, we saw how uh, Paul describes some of the gifts and even mentioned uh, some of the categories of those gifts. Uh, Peter just um, breaks those gifts in two portions, right? He says that um, 
that if anyone speaks, so they're pretty much Peter is saying there are speaking gifts and serving gifts, right? Whether you have a speaking gift or a serving gift, you know, you have a gift. There's no such, such a thing as a believer without a gift, right? If you believe in the Lord, we know that you have been given a gift to use it for his glory. So, uh, so in this case, that's what Peter is saying. And I don't think there is a list of gifts that you can say, okay, let me look at that list, and, and I think that's my gift. Um, I think that even Paul or, or Peter, they're being very general on what a gift could be, right? But you could ask me, okay, Jorge, what, so what is your gift? Um, so I would tell you, well, the gift that God has given to me, I believe, is serving and teaching, because those are the ministries that I'm involved with. Uh, and then when I was doing... Uh, when I was preparing for this message, I also I saw that some people have taken service or, or tests uh, to identify the gift that they have. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if you can do that, but I didn't do it, but I, probably some people do it. Um, but I, I think a way to identify your gift will be first to ask yourself, okay, what am I involved with? What, min, what am I doing to bring glory to God? What ministries am I working to bring glory to, to the Lord Jesus Christ? Right, that would be one question. The second question is, is God blessing me by doing this ministry? Do you, do you feel blessed by God by doing this ministry? And the third question would be whether you like it, whether you like what, I do, what, what you're doing or not. Um, if you answer yes to those three questions, then you probably know what your gift is. If you have trouble answering those questions, it's because you're probably not doing, uh, you're not exercising uh, the gift that God, that God has given to you. Um, and that will bring another point, too, right? We, we have to make sure that we're not spectators when we come to church. We have to make sure that we, we want to be part of the production. We want to be part of uh, the work that is being done for the kingdom of God. Uh, we, um, you know, we have to try to encourage one another. Sometimes we, you know, we sit here, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, we, we get to church, we just uh, hear the speaker's uh, message, and then we just come out the same way we came in. Uh, we should try to uh, be encouraged and, and try to challenge ourselves, right, to, to do more for the church, to do more for Christ. And, and, and just by reviewing, first of all, it's identify that you have a gift, right? If you're a believer in Christ, you have a gift. The Holy Spirit has poured the love of God in your heart, and you have been taught by God. So you have a gift that is given to him. The source is God himself, right? So that will encourage us to... Uh, to try to use the, those gifts for his glory. If we can go back to Ephesians, Ephesians 4. So, okay, so we saw first that we are to love one another through mutual loving ministry, right? The second point was that, um, that we know what is the source of our gift, right? We love one another through mutual loving ministry, through the gifts that we're being given by the Holy Spirit, and then the source of the gift is God himself. So now we're, let's look at what is the cost of their gift, right? Uh, if we look again in Ephesians 4, uh, verse 8 says, Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and, and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. So think about this, right? So we know, we know that the source of the gift is God, 
So what is now the cost of the gift? And what Paul is saying, Paul is uh, quoting uh, Psalm 68. And in Psalm 68, uh, we see that is King David uh, giving praise to God, right, because of their celebrating the conquest of the Jebusite city that became Jerusalem. So, so God was triumphant in this victory. And, and now Paul is using the same parallel uh, to describe Christ how Christ descended, how he left glory. He became a man. He became a servant. He was obedient to his father to the point of death, even death of the cross. And he resurrected on the third day, right? Um, so he makes that comparison between what happened um, in David's time and now the great victory of the Lord Jesus. He um, puts the Lord Jesus as, he, as the one who has ascended to the highest places, Right, not to the heavens that we can see, but to the highest places. And now he is the one giving these gifts to men, as he says in verse 8. He led captivity captive. Right? He came, he conquered sin, he conquered the death, and he won the war, he won the battle. Right? And he led captivity captive. So also in, the, in, the, in, in previous times, when the king used to win a battle, um, he will bring belong, uh, things that belong to their enemies back to his kingdom, and he will display those things in front of all the nation. Right? He will be on a hill, on a high hill, and he will be uh, displaying those things to the, to the nation, uh, showing that, that triumph, showing that victory. So the same way the Lord Jesus is displaying this portion of Scripture. Right? Like the one who came down, who humbled himself, who became obedient to his Father, to, who died on the cross, who went through all this sacrifice, all this pain, uh, to to what? To bring glory to God, to make sure that He bring uh, that He that He makes a way for those who will ever believe in His name to be to have a way to go to heaven, right? In the same way, the Lord Jesus is described in this in this portion as the one who won the battle, the one who brought this victory to heaven, and now because of Him, we can rejoice in that victory. Right, we know that he's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way for, for, for a person to go to heaven. And that is because of the work that he did. Right? He who ascended, as Paul says, uh, also descended into the lower parts of the earth. So that he might feel all things. So think about this. We know that the source of the gift is God. Now the cost of the gift is the sacrifice of Christ. Right, it's, the, it's his death and resurrection that should also encourage us to, to use our gifts for his glory. We know that um, we know that the, the price that was paid for our salvation has been very, very costly. But I don't think any of us can say that we have something that costs more than that, that, that has no price. You can put a price to that. Uh, it was a very costly transaction for us to be saved. And, and for us even to, and through that transaction, we now can have salvation. And at the same time, he gave us gifts, right? As in, in verse 8, he says that he gave gifts to men. So through those gifts, we can also bring glory to him. We can give uh, the glory back to the giver, in this case, to, to, to God. And then, uh, and then we will see the impact of, of the gifts, right? But... Um, I wanted to save that for, for the second service, but I will give you a little introduction to that. 
So if we, if we continue on verse 11, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So that will be one of the impacts of these gifts, right? Uh, we have the source is Christ, or we have the source is God. We have the, the cause, that is the, the death and, and resurrection of Christ. And now we have the impact. What is the impact? It says, for the equipping of, of the saints, for the work of ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. That will be one of the impacts that we can see from our gifts. We see that we are edifying the body of Christ. We're edifying the church. We're edifying one another. Uh, we're equipping the saints. Like the same thing that Paul told Timothy, what I give you, you also give to faithful men so they can learn from you. So this, we are to pass this to one another, right? So we are to encourage one another in the same way how Paul was doing it with Timothy, the same way we are to do with others. Um, for the equipping of the saints. And what are the benefits of this? Is that we, all we, all, we will all share the same faith. We will all speak in truth. That we all speak in love. Right? Those will be the benefits of, um, of using our gifts. And also another way to think of our gifts is if you don't do what you have been given to do, the work probably doesn't get done. Right? Or if you don't do what you're supposed to do, someone else is going to do it and then Paul also talks about rewards. So we have to, and those rewards are eternal rewards. So let's try to make sure that we, we strive to that. Right? Sometimes we, we like to think of rewards probably while we're on earth. Right? But, um, but we have to think that we, we're going to have an, an, uh, we're gonna be in eternity with Christ. And all those rewards will also be eternal. Uh, so that should also be another encouragement for us to, to try to use our gifts to try to do what we're supposed to do, to try to give what God has given to us to do. Otherwise, the work doesn't get done or someone else is going to step in and try to step up and try to do the work for us. Um, so in closing, we, um, we see that this portion talks about very, very basics of the life of the church. Right? Those are things that we should, as Christians, we should be aware of. We should, be, we should be mindful. Every time that, if you go visit another church, or if you, you know, will ever leave TRBC, I don't recommend that, but uh, if you go to another church, you should look for that. You should look for, first of all, to, to see whether the doctrine is a good doctrine, it's a sound doctrine, and how you recognize that. I mean, you have been taught by the believers in this assembly how to, how to recognize a true church. Um, how you recognize a true church, you have to see that love between the believers of the church. Right? But you have to see that there is fellowship, that there is love between one another, that you care, that people care for one another. If you see that uh, a church is just uh, focused on meeting the, the feelings and the wants of the people, um, that's probably not a, 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 a probably a, a, it's not a, a, a church that is teaching uh, sound doctrine. So those are things that we have to see, right? Every time that we uh, Again, when we visit a church or something, uh, it's something that will call our attention. Is whether believers in that church are caring for one another, in the same way as Paul has um, introduced you know, to the Ephesians to care for one another. Let us pray. Lord God, we're thankful again, Lord, for the privilege to 
know your son. We're thankful for the privilege to have your word, Lord, that speaks to us. Every time that we read these verses, we feel like singing a doxology, Lord, because uh, it's so overwhelming to our hearts. We recognize that you are great, that you are merciful, that you love. It's uh, without limits. We, are, we recognize that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, and, and we're thankful that you have placed your spirit in our lives, Lord, that you have equipped us to do, uh, to do the work that you have assigned to us, Lord. We're thankful that even that is grace, even that is mercy that has been shown to us. The fact that we, ha- we just, uh, it's not just that we have salvation in you, Lord, but you also have equipped us to, uh, to, to increase the body of Christ. God, and it is truly a privilege to, to be partakers of that. Help us, Lord, not to be spectators. Uh, every time we come to church, help us to be part of the production, Lord. We want to be part of the production. We want to uh, build up the body of Christ. We want to encourage one another. We want to love one another more. Lord, help us to do so, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask that you can work in our lives, that you can continue working in our lives, that you can continue showing us the will of God and that everything that we do can be glorifying to you, Lord Jesus. As we uh, go this morning, we ask that, um, that we can take some uh, part of this message in our lives, that we can apply them, that we can be transformed by your word, that our hearts can be changed and encouraged, and that we can uh, glorify you uh, in everything that we do. We pray for these things in the most precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.